Hello and welcome to another of our Business Roots Chats. I'm here with my good friend Nick Price, who's the CEO of Bright Purple. Nick, how are you? Warm. Warm. It's quite a hot plate, it's the lights that do it. Yeah, and this head doesn't help either. So no, exactly, uh, exactly. So, um, tell us a little bit about Bright Purple. Technology recruiters, been in business for 20, well, the company's been going for 28 years. Mm -hmm. We provide uh, technology professionals and all of the business professionals that are around that, so salespeople, etc., um, to a wide variety of clients in the UK and abroad uh, on a permanent and contract basis. Excellent. So that's mid-90s setup. Have I got that band right? 1995. So I'm exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. Fact. Mid, right in the middle. Right in the middle. Excellent. Now, I, I've been kind of part of that journey with you for yeah. a few years since I've known you. And I know there's been some ups and downs. I'll come back to that in a minute. But um, tell me where it all started. Tell me about the young... Now, oh, the, the well, people, I wasn't young. So. The, the the people who are watching and listening to this will be able to yeah. tell by your accent that you're you're not an Edinburgh local. So tell me about the young eight year old, nine year old Nick Price. What did he want to do? Uh, escape Wales. Um, okay. So Nick, um, you've done that. I've that? done that. Yeah. So no, I was I was born in uh, Wales in a, a Welsh mining village and um, typical kind of um, happy childhood village life. And then uh, as I got older. Um, I suppose it was the it was the start of the end of the mining industry. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in '77, I left Wales, moved to Scotland. Um, Would you have gone into mining? Do you think? It, well, I was lined up to go into mining. I was lined to be. I was my my original life uh, was to be a, a an apprentice electrician. So, right. which was one of the reasons why I came to Scotland because I didn't want to be an apprentice electrician. Um, but uh, no, I I was lined up to go to the pit where my father worked, and um, uh, I could just see the end. I. Unfortunately, a lot of my friends couldn't see the end, mm -hmm. but I could see the end, uh, and I made the right decision. I came here. Um, I moved to Scotland as a sixteen-year-old, um, found a job, and yeah, kind of rest is history. Wow. So, so, uh, and I won't do the exact calculations on this one. Sixty-two. Sixty-two. Yeah. So you've been. Uh, <laughs> you did that, not me. So you've been. I'm good I mean, with it. I was about to say that you've been in Scotland far longer than you were in Wales. Uh, yeah, and actually, um, so I suppose when you you know when you come from another country and you move to to somewhere, you feel like a bit of a outsider, mm -hmm. yeah. And when I moved to Scotland, I never felt like an outsider. So when I moved from a small village to Glasgow, I lived in Glasgow for fifteen years. Um, I immediately felt welcomed. Um, I've had I had my troubles because when I moved here, I was. Um, I mean, I had I had a Welsh accent, like a totally Welsh accent, um, so that got me into a few scrapes, I can tell you. But um, actually, um, I never felt unwelcomed here. So it was one of the reasons why I never went home, because mm -hmm. I always felt welcomed here, um, whether that was through my social life or, or business life, basically. Um, and, and Scotland then becomes your home, and then, I'm not saying you forget about your homeland, because you don't, but I'm, I'm torn. So, you know, things like rugby, for instance, I support Wales. Of um, but everything else, I support Scotland. So I'm very Scottish. I mean, I'm, I consider myself Scottish. Okay, excellent. Um, now, did you did you kind of drop a pin in a map, or did you decide I'm I'm going to go to Glasgow in this? In this? My sister had left the army and and right. um, had found herself in Glasgow. Asked me to try it out. That's okay. why I ended up in Glasgow. Yeah, and you've got a fairly good military history in your family, haven't you? Because your yeah. sister was in the army. Sister was army. Her her son and daughter uh, both army. Both, uh, yeah. Well, both army. Um, brother RAF, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, so, and you never fancied that. 
Yeah, I'm 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 not a regimented person. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably you know that probably shows the fact that I never went to university. Uh, you know, everything I've done, I've done for myself, mm -hmm. and I've kind of in some respects, almost made it up as I went along. Um, so it's come from some kind of inspiration. I'm inspired to do this. I've, I've seen somebody else do this. I want to follow that. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I just wanted my own life. I mean, everybody in my family was military, and, you know, uh, I was quite happy, you know, as I say, making it up as I went along, one job to the next until I found what I wanted to do. Okay. Well, let, let's let's go there. So you got to Glasgow. What was, your, what was the first thing you did in Glasgow then? What, what, what <laughs> I tried to try to learn the accent. So right. the first thing I did was, and I mean, this kind of shows how old I am. Everything was on tape. Um, right. So uh, I bought a lot of Billy Comedy tapes because <laughs> I I decided that um, you know I was getting I was getting into quite a few scrapes because I I was you know I was alien to Scotland. I, mm -hmm. You know I was I was Welsh with a you know. Uh, what I considered a beautiful singing accent. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Glaswegian gangsters didn't think I was, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, that attractive. So uh, I used to get into a few scrapes. Um, so I decided that when I started working, I got a job, I started working, and I just thought, yeah, actually, I need to kind of blend in a little. And I heard about this geezer called um, Billy Conley. Billy Conley. But um, I just bought a load of tapes. Used to practice <laughs> basically trying to be a Glaswegian. Um, and uh, and then okay. softened my voice. The interesting thing about that is my sister, who still lives in Scotland, is still sounds like she's come from the same valley that we grew up in. Yeah. Um, she never ever tried to lose her accent. I tried desperately. You but you failed in that, Nick. And I failed. One of your few failures there. Well, it, it, it doesn't the, matter. It, it's well, no, but when you're Welsh, the word year, yeah? yeah. So what year is it? This is my year. Yeah. Come year. Yeah. Um, it's all the same word. Then you're Welsh, basically. It's the only part of the Welsh accent my dad's still got. Yeah, that. exactly. You can't, you can't, I can't, I've tried. I, I once had a lesson in trying to stop saying you, um, but I can't stop it. So even after the lesson, which was a total waste of money, but anyway, never mind. There you go. So what? So what profession did you or job did you? What was your first? I mean, I jump straight. I had a recruit? brilliant. I had a brilliant experience. I moved to Glasgow, mm -hmm. and it was 1977. I arrived, and I thought my sister said to me, um, "Yeah, go on a dole because they'll give you money." Uh, and I was like, all right, okay, have a holiday. I just finished school. Mm -hmm. um, so I went down to the local Dole office and you know, I sat there thinking, you know, wow, what's this all about? And uh, anyway, um, a lady behind the counter um, said to me, um, yeah, you can, you know, welcome to Scotland. We'll sign you on. I can't even remember. I'm, you know, it's like 17 quid a week or something mm -hmm. like that, you know. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, cool, 17 quid. You know, I'm 16, I've never had any money. So... 17 quid sounds all right. But anyway, um, she said to me, the only thing is, um, uh, when we offer you interviews, you have to go yeah. um, to an interview. Um, and if you get the job or not, that's you know that's kind of irrelevant, but you have to go to the interview. Yeah. I got home from the Dole office and my sister said, oh, there's a phone call for you from the Dole office. And I was like, oh, I must have not filled in a form or something like that. And I called the lady back and um, she said, you got an interview tomorrow. And I was like, eh, I thought I was coming for a holiday. I mean, I thought I was at least starting on a holiday. Mm -hmm. But um, went for an interview the next day to <laughs> Andrew Muirhead and Son, who still exists today, uh, leather tanners, part of now Scottish Leather Group. And um, I got a job that next day. So I arrived and uh, the plan to have a holiday didn't quite work out. Um, I, I was I was working the next day. Well, I was working the next week. What did, what did you do for it? Uh, well, first thing I did was sweep floors. So basically, so it was a it was a manufacturing plant. Do stuff. They they they, yeah. they they still today they they manufacture leather for the world. Um, okay. And um, when I joined them, 
um, they had customers like IKEA when IKEA were nothing like they are now. Mm -hmm. um, we were manufacturing the leather for IKEA. Um, one of our sister companies was manufacturing the leather for Ford for the motor cars. Another one was manufacturing the leather for Air Force One. So Air Force One's leather was made in Glasgow yeah. by our group. Yeah. So wow. um, and a lot of that stuff is still the same today. Yeah. Um, so, but I was sixteen, no education, and. Uh, yeah. And they gave you a brush. They gave me a brush and said, that bit over there, and you sweep in, get on with it. Thank Ten you. years later, I gave the brush back and said, you know, that's enough for me, and uh, you know, I need to do something So else. you actually got some promo, you got to production manager, you saw a bit of potential. Yeah, I worked in, I worked in, I mean, I did, I did lots of jobs inside there, you know, and, and, and I was just uh, inquisitive. So, you know, I was, a lot of people were kind of, it, it was interesting because I think, if you think about those years, the 70s, People worked in companies for 40, 50 years. Yeah. My father worked underground for a long time. Um, and everybody I knew worked in jobs for 40 years, yeah. 50 jobs years. Life. Uh, yeah, and, and when you move into um, a factory that's been going for over, to a company that's been going for over 200 years, and it's a manufacturing company, what you find is mom and dad work there, yeah. daughter works there, niece works there, uncle. So basically, I was working amongst families that worked in the same companies, but they worked at the same machine for 20 years. Um, you know, I wasn't going to do that. You know, so I moved from brush to this, to that, this. Um, became, became one of the color technicians. So I learned how to make the colors for leather. Um, so then I, met, uh, then I was, so I'd work at Ikea to, you know, to uh, something from Ikea. And they would talk about, you know, oh, we need this red for this fact, for this particular couch. Okay, then you go away and make the red. Um, so it was fascinating. And, you know, then I got into the management side and, and uh, production management and, you know, running people, which was, which was interesting because you were running people who'd worked there significantly longer than you had. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I did that for 10 years. Okay. And then um, let me just do a quick calculation. You're now kind of 26. It's probably 1986. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Um, I, I, I left the company um, because I had, a, I had a feeling that I would be quite good at selling. Um, okay. And... You know, I'm. I mean, I'm a people person, so you know, I I'm comfortable when I'm with people. I'm mm -hmm. I'm terrible on my own. Yeah, uh, I hate my own company. So um, uh, I had a feeling that I would be good at sales. So I left the company for a supplier who sold um, uh, chemicals into right. uh, into that industry. Mm -hmm. I worked for them for a while, and then I just had a few. I I mean, I had a few jobs in in sales. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of. And that filled the gap. Kind that of filled the gap until I fell into my industry. Okay, and then so you ended up in sales, in recruitment. I ended up losing my job. Um, so I worked for an English company, and uh, it was recession time, and it was it it was pretty tough out there. And um, the English company that I was working for were cutting costs, and they decided to shut Scotland, uh, and I was. I was in Scotland, so I was one of the ones that got ousted, basically. So I, I got ousted, but I got ousted in a down to, in, in a serious recession. Yeah. Um, and, um, um, yeah, I, 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 I basically met my wife, my, I met my wife, um, and uh, she was moving from Sweden, and she was on a boat when I lost my job. Uh, so she was moving over. Coming over? She was in her yeah. car with her car packed. While I was busy um, handing back the keys to my company car and everything, and um, unable to tell her because mobile phones weren't quite invented yeah, yeah. at that time. So, uh, so, so, but you're out of work. Yeah. Um, is is that the point you set up Bright Purple? No. So I was out of work for um, just shy of six months. Um, yeah. I mean, it was desperate. It was de desperate re recession. There were just you know 
no jobs. And I, what happened was um, I went to Edinburgh for an interview for a job. So I, uh, I saw a job, I went for an interview, and the recruiter um, uh, who I went to see uh, said to me, um, you know, we'll put you forward for this job, but actually you'd be quite good in our industry. Would you like to have a chat with us? I was like, well, what do you do? And they said, well, we're recruiters. We, we, we're involved in, you know, people. And um, I was like, right, okay. I don't understand, but anyway, let's have a, you know, let's have a chat. So we had a chat and um, the lady that ran the company or the office uh, for, for a large PLC um, said, yeah, we'd love to have you work for us. So I dumped the other job and took that job. And so I worked for them for a year and, uh, um, and then I was hijacked in a bar by somebody else who said, come and work for us. So I went into tech recruitment. Right. So you had a bit of recruitment experience, then a bit of tech recruitment experience. And now we're closing towards kind of the mid 90s and you go, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up Bright Purple. Yeah. Um, and I know I've simplified that. But take yeah. Me yeah. That no, so I, 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 worked in, I worked in sales recruitment for a year. Mm -hmm. um, I was in a bar one night guy from a tech who owned a tech recruitment company said to me, Hey, I hear you're a recruiter. Somebody introduced me. Um, and, uh, they said, you know, do you fancy tech recruitment? And I was like, I haven't got a clue what tech is. Um, so, uh, I'm good at selling, but I'm not sure what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I, I decided I'd go for it. So I went for it. Uh, I worked for them for five years. Um, and at the end of five years, you know, I, I, there were some things that I just didn't like about the company. I loved the company. There were some things I didn't like about the leadership. Um, and I decided that um, I was, you know, going to do it myself. And so I, I left with um, another guy uh, and the two of us set up Bright Purple. Looking back, good decision? Uh, well, it's given me the freedom I've got today. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's, it, you know, it, I suppose I could have made lots of decisions, but yeah, for me, it's been a good decision. Now, I'm going to ask you a question in a second. I'll give you a, I'll give you a, kind of a moment to think about this. Uh, well, early on in our relationship, when we first met, mm. and I was uh, my business was quite young, yeah. I remember sitting in your office uh, in, uh, in Rose Street, uh, and I was moaning about something, mm. which I do a lot, as you know. Yeah, you do. And you said to me, Matthew, in any business, you can sum it up with two problems that you'll always get, money and people. Yeah. And I've never forgotten that, by the way. And I, I, I now pretend that's my advice, and I give it to other people. <laughs> it was problems. probably somebody else who gave it to me to yeah. fair, but so you know, you said I'm that. pretty sure I didn't, I, I didn't commandeer that. But anyway, exactly. Yeah. But you're dead, you're dead right. You can fundamentally. Yeah. So, so and the reason I, I mentioned that little memory is because well, next question is about the challenges you've been facing over you get through through the lifespan yeah. of Bright Purple because there obviously has been some and yeah. highs and lows and all these things. Um, if you take the kind of the standard money and people thing out. What challenges have, have you faced? None. Uh, money and people. Money uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, what challenges have I faced? Wow. Um, what kind of things made it difficult? I mean, you know, business is a living, it's a living, breathing thing, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, you wake up in the morning and the world is amazing. You know, by half past 11, you've had a cup of coffee, you're feeling great, and then the world falls in and something happens. You know, it's, um, I, treat, I treat every day as it's a new day and, you know, and that's what's exciting about it as well. It's a new day. Um, there'll be good, there'll be good parts of my day, and there'll be horrible parts of my day. Sometimes it'll be money issues. Sometimes it'll be people issues. Sometimes it'll be grumpy customers. Sometimes it'll be amazing customers who make you feel incredible. You know, I, 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 it's really hard to kind of put your finger on 
other challenges because I've, I, I mean, I'm 28 years with this company. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm bold. You know, I didn't start this. In the, I didn't start this job bold. I can tell you that. But uh, so there are some pressures to to it. But but on the same side, hiring incredible people. You know, and um, and working with people who start as juniors. You know, well, your two, sales directors like that, right? And well, two of my board, director. two of my board. My finance director mm-hmm. was a junior in our finance team. Yes. Um, she's had two children inside the company. Um, and she never made any excuses. She just worked her socks off. Yeah. And now she's on the board. She's a board member in a couple of weeks time she'll be a shareholder that and and for for my number two um he joined me he was a he was a, a doorman in a club i think or something yeah he was a doorman in a club or something he has never stopped working hard since they joined ever ever i mean i don't ever remember him saying you know, you know i don't feel well his work ethic is, ethic is oh, inspirational his work ethic is incredible yeah, and, yeah. but his work ethic is my work ethic her yeah. work ethic is my work ethic yeah absolutely but the point is that um uh, i think that you know for these people they're the next generation i'm coming to the end of my time you know i can't keep well, going that's, that's what i was going to ask when are you going to stop i think i have a work ethic that my father and mother put into me and i put into my children and I put into my staff or I put I put into the people who work for me because, you know, to me, if you want to get somewhere, then you've got to work for it. Yeah. yeah. And the people that work for me um, have that. So when am I going to stop? I'm never going to stop. Um, I'm, I, 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 I've got a funny feeling I'll be, you know, the kind of, um, you know, I'll be the jockstein of the recruitment industry. One day I'll be sitting at my desk and they'll find me kind of, you know, with a CV in my hands, keeled, <laughs> keeled over, and uh, they'll peel me back, and I'll still have a CV in my hands. So I, I've not, I don't know. I'm not going to stop. Oh, good. So you, you're not, you, you've not got any kind of retirement plans or, or hobby. Well, my wife's got a retirement plan. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't have a retirement. I'm, I'm doing too many things. I'm, you know, I'm involved in LifeLink. I'm on Reconsol for Lithuania. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in lots of different things. And because people are my life, then yeah. you know. I think I'd be a terrible retiree. I think I'd be a terrible. I couldn't spend my time on a golf course. I'd, I'd need. I got. I've got to be doing something with people. Excellent. Okay. Now, imagine you've gone back to the uh, beautiful Green Valley in Wales, and mm. you come across young, young Nick Price, twelve-year-old Nick Price. Mm. What advice would you give him? Twelve. Not sure I was sensible enough to take advice when I was twelve, but. Um, uh, I would just say, well, I wouldn't change anything. I would just say, you know, have a go. You know, what have you got to lose? I mean, I had a go. I, I, you know, I didn't have an education. You know, I could have, I suppose, you know, if I could go back, would I say get an education? Well, back then, education wasn't, I'm not going to say it wasn't important because, of course, it was important. But education didn't define you back then. Hard work defined you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when you've grown up like that, it's really hard to think about anything else. You know, so um, I would just tell myself to do what you did. And, you know, you're going to make mistakes. But surely we all learn our best lessons when we make mistakes, you know. Yeah, I would tell myself not to have a perm, uh, a permed hair in the 80s because I've got a funny feeling that's why my hair fell out because I had a perm. But, um, uh, yeah, I had a Michael Jackson in the 80s and uh, I've got a funny feeling that's what it did this to me. Well, that's, that's what we'll say. We'll say it was the perm that did. Absolutely, it was the perm. Michael Jackson. Superb. Uh, well, listen. Thank you for that, Nick. You've you've been inspirational. So thank you for spending some time with us. You're welcome. Thank you very much.
So that was Nick Price from Bright Purple. Um, if you want to learn more about what Bright Purple does, then please, uh, you'll find them online. So have a look at what they what they do. Thank you. We have more of these business roots chats on your usual podcast platform. So take a look uh, and you'll be able to hear from many more interesting and inspirational people just like Nick. But for now, see you later. Uh -huh.